Good morning, everyone. We're still in Proverbs and chapter 3, uh, verses 30, verse 33. The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesses the habitation of the just. I think sometimes we fail to realise that we live on a cursed earth. That's why thorns, weeds and thistles grow without any cultivation at all. Whereas gardens constantly need to be weeded and flowers need to be fed and watered. We also live in a world that's full of pain and suffering from the womb to the tomb. And why is this? Because of sin in the human race. Scripture says the whole creation groans, and so it does. You see, the, the curse fell upon mankind because of sin and disobedience, right back in the book of Genesis. And as a result, the whole of creation has felt the effects ever since. But I don't really want to dwell on the curse of sin, only to say this really vital thing that the curse and judgment of God is on the wicked, literally the lawless. In other words, those who refuse to obey God and his claims. When the Apostle Paul wrote his thesis, divinely inspired, of course, on the doctrine of the gospel, he began with these words, the obedience of faith, and he concluded that letter also with the same words. You see, salvation is not just is not some nebulous, wishy-washy feeling. It's an act of the will, repenting of our sin and believing in Christ in response to the claims of a holy God against my sinful soul. That's why there's such a difference between the wicked, that is the lawless, and the just. In other words, those who are accounted righteous in the sight of God on the basis of the work of Christ at Calvary. However, our verse goes on to say, the Lord blesses the habitations of the just. What I was struck with as I began to meditate on this verse this morning was that there are two completely different words used for these places. It's the house of the lawless and the habitations of the just, of the righteous or the just. Well, the one is that which is builded, or perhaps in most cases nowadays bought. The other is the idea of a home, a place of security, serenity, stability, and sanctuary. It's also used of God's own dwelling place. Now, when anyone comes into the home of a Christian, they should soon become aware that there's a peace, an atmosphere, of the presence of God in that home. It doesn't mean that there's no sorrow or sadness or sickness or even bereavement there. But overshadowing all else is the awareness of the presence of the Lord, or at least there should be. There's a lovely verse that we often have used in, from Mark chapter 2. It says this, It was noised or heard that Jesus was in the house. We often pray that those who come to our home will sense his presence here. Do we realise how important in the service of the Lord our homes are, dear fellow Christian, this morning?
I repeat, the Lord blesses the houses or the habitations of the just. And when we use our homes for him, for our family and for others, in whatever way we're able to do, his blessing will ensue. Hospitality has largely become a forgotten art. But scripture exhorts us this morning, be not forgetful to entertain strangers. For thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Not only are our visitors blessed, but so often we get an even greater blessing when we give our homes to the Lord's service. Just remember what blessing the family at Bethany enjoyed when they opened their homes to the Lord when they opened their home to the Lord Jesus. And there are many beautiful examples in Old and New Testament of blessings that came upon those who opened their homes to God's servants and strangers. Lydia in Acts chapter 16 is one such person. Firstly, the Lord opened her heart to receive him. And then she opened her home to receive the Christians. You see, Christian homes in a neighbourhood should be places of light for those who are in the darkness, love for those who are in need, and a place of learning for those who want to know more about our Lord and about our God. However, if we're not watchful, our houses can become places for personal pride and ostentation. They can also be the cause of envy and jealousy in the mind of others. But the size and amenities of a person's home may well determine the measure of their responsibility to God. You see, it matters not whether we have a mansion or a mud hut, a castle or a caravan. It's what we do with what he has entrusted to us that will determine how much of the enjoyed blessing of the Lord we and others experience in our home. So don't look down on someone with a small and humble home because they're probably using it like the poor old widow that the Lord Jesus spoke about who gave everything that she had for God and his service. And don't be envious of someone with a bigger or grander home than you've got because more is required when more is given. Just make sure you are where God wants you to be in the house God directed you to, doing what God wants you to do with that home for your family and for others. Scripture says, do good unto all, especially those who are of the household of faith, in other words, believers. I truly believe if the Lord doesn't come soon, even in this country, true believers won't be able to gather together in church buildings They will have to meet in homes of the Lord's people because everything apart from biblical Christianity is acceptable and it will only get worse. May the Holy Spirit exercise all our hearts today to become more practical in our testimony for him in these the closing days of God's grace because the Lord Jesus is soon coming to take us, his people, to our heavenly home where his person and his presence will be fully known and eternally enjoyed. May God bless his word to you today.